Happy Fourth of July. Fly Perspective Podcast. And I see this that holiday family music. Only bringing the classics, baby, for you, Fly Perspective Podcast. Let's go. To dance our way out of our constriction. Gonna be freaking up and down the hangup alleyway. With a groove I only got, we shall all be moved. Ready or not, yeah, we come getting down on the one with three. Just like that, kicking off your holiday. Happy Fourth of July to you guys. Hope you guys are having um, a good day. Um, hope you guys got something planned for the night. If you don't, you get to chill because you're off work because it's the holiday. But I hope you are um, kicking off the podcast with some uh, classic heat. You know, classic, classic heat. Uh, One Nation Under a Groove Funkadelic, uh, 1978. And that's definitely classic music for... Some some uh, some family barbecue situations, family backyard shenanigans. Everybody coming together, friends and family, barbecuing, popping fireworks, shooting the shit. You know, you always got that one drunk uncle that's tripping. You always got that one tr- uh, uncle that's on the grill with them sandals, <laughs> them leather sandals, bro. He be having them pants on, like them Docker khaki boys on, but he on the grill killing that barbecue. Shout out to everybody that got to go out of town for the holiday or even out the country. You know, uh, definitely saw a lot of that. And most importantly, shout out to everybody who's going to blow up some shit tonight. You know, people who go firework crazy and have uh, something that's going to set the whole block on fire. Like, I live in the city and uh, last night was the third, bruh. And it sounded like it was the 4th of July up until about 3 in the morning. They was just outside going crazy with the fireworks. So, So I can only imagine what's gonna go on tonight and it's always like so much debris and trash like after the day after fourth of july in the streets in the city because you know niggas be buying a fuckload of fireworks you know what i'm saying um let me see uh my finest member of um of uh fourth of july from being younger when i did pop fireworks and shit and i used to anticipate that was man it was me and like some badass kids in the neighborhood when i lived in bell fountain and I don't know if it was on the 4th or it was around the 4th, but, uh, man, we used to have these little, like, firecrackers that was, like, um, called M-somethings or something. It was, like, a little small, like, looked like a little small stick of dynamite that wouldn't probably be no more than, I don't know, maybe two inches, an inch and a half. Look like a little stick of dynamite. But when you light them and you would throw them or you would light them, man, they were so loud. And it's crazy that it would set you up for a recipe for disaster because the wick on the end that you light is so small that it's like, by the time you light it, it starts sizzling, and you think to where you're going to throw it, you could fuck around and blow your thumb or some shit off, you know? But we used to take them, and we used to uh, light them and put them in people, uh, <laughs> in people's mailboxes, <laughs> and they used to explode. Like, it, like the, the mailbox would be deformed, like a little dent in the side of it or something, and it would be smoking. But, you know, that would probably be one of my finest memories outside of shit, hearing 
uh, guns going off every 4th of July in the city when I moved to the city. You know, you just hearing all kinds of guns, man. Niggas just letting shit off, man. One year, I thought I heard a nigga let a, a rocket launcher off. I don't know what that was. And before we get into it, I want to definitely send some um, uh, prayers for strength and healing up to uh, Slim 400. He's an affiliate of YG, the rapper. Uh, he was shot 10 times a couple of days ago, man. Um, uh, I want to say in Compton, in L.A., I believe that's what the report said. But he was shot 10 times, man. Um, same, You know, same scenario as usual when another rapper gets shot. In their own hood, in the hood where you hang, you know, frequently hang out. Um, not to mention, I remember YG got shot a few years ago. I want to say hanging out in this hood, but it's one of them things, man. When you you gotta change your surroundings, you know, when um, when you kind of level up, man. Everybody's not gonna be happy for you, and especially if you already had haters, bro. They that make them come even harder because you're shining. So definitely send some prayers up for him. He is uh, alive. I'm not sure. What his condition is, they're not really saying too much about what's going on with him, but they just said, you know, the boy was shot 10 times. So definitely some prayers up for him, man. And I guess while we're on California rappers, uh, Blueface, uh, he got that song called Bust Down Tatiana. And um, recently a video surfaced where he was uh, being recorded by his mother, from what I see in the video, and he was fighting his sister in his house. And in conclusion... What I got out of it was he had brought some chicks over to the house or a chick over to the house and the chick didn't speak to them or the chick was rude to the mama and the daughter, something of that nature. And then all hell breaks loose and then Blueface starts to fight his sister, um, curse out his mama, etc. And then put them both out the house like he was literally throwing their belongings out of his house. <laughs> Like, they in the front, and they watching him throw they shit out the house. I mean, I mean, funny as hell, um, but it's crazy at the same time. I mean, there's so much to say because in one instance, it's like, okay, you, we only seeing what's going on in the video. And uh, they, they said they came to visit him at his house for the weekend or something like that, but we only seeing what's going on in the video. I mean, I would just say look at our own personal circles and our family and, and things we got going on within our family. Um I think it was wrong that it was put on display like that. I, I would think it's wrong, one, that his mother put um, her son out there like that. And then in the video, she was saying, like, this is who y'all paying for. This is who y'all supporting. And this is who y'all giving y'all money to. You know, shit like that. And it's like, I mean, I'm not, you know, 100% sure. But, I mean, if y'all was coming to his house to visit him and whatever... I mean, I think he would have y'all back, you know, financially if y'all needed him, right? So why would you put him in a situation where he could potentially lose his, you know, uh, momentum with his his records or his music, you know? Because, I mean, hey, you don't never know. Uh, in the video, she's saying something about we just going to wait till the police get here, you know, something like that. And um, I don't know, you know, the state might could draw up charges for him fighting the sister, you know, I don't know. You know, that's just a sticky predicament to go and i know for sure man me and my family we have stuff going on all the time and and you know i would never put that on display you know for the world to see our our flaws of what we have going on you know what i'm saying of things that are too personal whatever that situation was going on that looked like it was way too personal and if you know anything about you know hurt in general or just being in hurt or, or being uh, and raised in certain situations about something, sometimes it don't even be that one instance. You know what I'm saying? We don't know the backstory or whatever the hell was going on. They could have been into it for the past six months. 
You know what I'm saying? His, you know, we, we just, I'm, saying, I'm not going to jump to any conclusion. I'm just saying, like, we just don't know why the reactions to everything was the way it was. Now, there was another video that came out, and it showed, like, his sister walking up on him with a knife, like, before all everything started. We didn't see that part. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know. I just know that uh, it was wrong for the mama to put that on display. You know, that could probably, you know, potentially mess up, you know, his well-being as well as, you know, potentially taking care of the family if that's what he's doing so at the moment, you know. So I'm definitely not agreeing with what he did as far as how he reacted, but it's like in certain situations, man, you can't really tell people how to react. Chris Brown definitely dropped a dope album uh, named Indico a couple of days ago. However, in a song called Need a Stack, he drops a lyric where he says something on the lines of like he only want to fuck the black chicks with good hair. He didn't say chicks, he said bitches. But... The internet went crazy, and uh, people start going crazy on um, Chris Brown about that lyric, you know, talking about black women. And in, in scenarios like this, I really be thinking, like, okay, all, the, all surface. Because, number one, the album just came out a couple of days ago. It's 32 songs on there. And he says that lyric, and the internet goes crazy. I'd be wondering, like, man, is it like a team of people that, like, start wildfires like that on the internet so it'll catch on really fast after a project drop or some type of publicity stunt can go crazy and people can be talking about it because even though black women talking about they mad and they upset or whatever they still listen to his music because i'm gonna just put it here if y'all was on the internet talking about y'all still listening to r kelly music and it's art and this and the third i'm i know for sure y'all definitely still listen to chris brown if he just said the shit and honestly on another note, it's like, if that's that man's preference, that's that man's preference. Good hair could mean plenty of things. He want to mess with a black girl who has a nice hairstyle, no matter what it is. If it's natural, if it's weave, if it's whatever. And on another note, I've seen plenty of statuses about discriminating with women that's discriminating against black men. You know, like I told you guys months ago, I saw a status where a girl was just basically saying black men are useless, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, putting a precedent on every black man. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like there are not other women out there that are saying certain things like that, too. You know what I'm saying? There are other women celebrities that have said crazy stuff about black men. So just like that, I'm going to just say, man, if that's what that man want to do, that's what that man want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fucking Chris Brown. If that's what the fuck he want to do, that's what the fuck he want to do. Y'all still going to listen to his music. And let's not act like this is the worst he's been through. You know what I'm saying? He's, hey, for... <laughs> he's been known for the Rihanna situation for forever. So some backlash about some lyrics, he's definitely not concerned about that. I do want to know what's up with him in like the drug use situation because there's been plenty of people coming out saying something about how his drug use and, you know, he's really on drugs and da-da-da-da. And I remember Charlemagne saying that shit, I don't know, more than a year ago. was talking about how Chris don't want to come up to the Breakfast Club because... Charlemagne gonna ask that fool about them drugs. Uh, so I don't know. You know, if he is out there strung out on drugs, man, I, you know, you know, hope he can get some help, get some things together. You know, just like I say all the time with all these episodes of when I come to drugs, man, it's just crazy to see the drug epidemic. I was watching, I watched like Drug Inc. and uh, some other drug shows, man, on Netflix and Hulu, and it'd just be crazy to see certain drugs hitting around the world and the other day i was watching some shit about people on pcp and how that's like being a uh, a main drug now with people and it's um and um you know this this is the type of shit that make you get naked you know what i'm saying like people be butt naked walking down the street because they high on pcp 
or or they sitting there leaning so hard in a weird position or or, or tripping out so hard because they, they on them dippers. They dip that shit in some cigarettes and um, and smoke that shit. Then I saw another episode about how fentanyl is becoming like the new cocaine. Like they cutting cocaine with fentanyl. And fentanyl is a terrible drug of itself. Like it's supposed to be like 10 times more potent than fucking cocaine. It's like, and people doing this shit. Shooting it up, all kinds of crazy. I seen a girl in her, she's in like her 20s on one of them shows. She was shooting that shit up in her neck, bruh. Crazy, man. Because that drug shit ain't no joke. Alcoholism is no joke. You know, these are things that come and take you and, um, you know, they, they put you in different states and alter your mind and stuff like that, man. I remember one of the craziest drug uh, shows I watched one time. I forget what it was, but the scenario was somebody talking about, like, being on cocaine or crack or something like that, whatever they was on, like, real bad, and they was strung out and, like, homeless and all that shit. The craziest line this motherfucker said was, you you chasing your first high every time you smoke or you do this or whatever you do to drug. You chasing your first high. I don't know if it was heroin. I can't forget. They say, you, you know, you chasing your first, because it felt so good the first time you did it, and you'll never feel that good again. You feel good, but not as good as your first time. So every time you're doing it, you're still chasing that fucking high. And I, I don't know, man. That's a crazy scenario to be in. On top of two, like a lot of them drugs, they be short-lived. So you mean to tell, that's how, you know, people be going broke and all that. Because it's like, man, they be trying to get high for 20 minutes and then come down. And then they hour later trying to get high again and keep getting high. It's like, that shit wild, man. Shit's wild. And it's sad too. The music ain't doing nothing but glorifying it. You know the pills and the, what they call them scripts and the, and the, you know all that stuff and primos and cocaine and syrup and all that shit. Man, it's crazy. I don't even know if I talked about this, but I seen it. I don't know if I talked about this in the last episode or not. I forgot. I'll be forgetting what I be talking about on each episode. But um, I, I saw a dude that I hadn't seen in probably over shit. I don't know, ten years maybe. Yeah, about 10 years, about, I probably, yeah, probably 12 years, 13 years, something like that. Anyway, I used to DJ on the east side. He was an older cat. Uh, He's like three years older than me. Yeah, so I think I was 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the spot on the east side where I was DJing at was called the Onyx. And so I would go in there and be me and my boy stream. We'd be in there, like, I think I, I had a DJ from, like, uh, I don't know if it was 12 to 6 a.m. or 1 to 6 a.m. on the east side. Now, the east side is... St. Louis is a is a sketchy place, especially back then when I was doing that shit, because there was so many clubs and so much traffic over there. So I'm taking my ass over there with like I don't know a thousand dollars worth of DJ equipment with just me and my homeboy. You know what I'm saying? On the east side, and I'm DJing every week. I mean, I eventually got security and all that, but uh, yeah. So we go over there and we meet this dude that I'm telling you guys about, and he was older, so he was 21 at the time. So at the time, they of course the, the the uh, owner, he would just be like, well, you know, you can't come out the DJ booth unless it's go to the bathroom and thanks you tell one of the security guards and da da like They was trying to keep a close eye on me because, shit, I was like 18 at the time, 19 at the time. But he used to sneak our beers up or whatever, whatever. Fast forward to the other day, I seen him out at uh, this spot I like to go to, and he was just like, strung out on something, man. Dude was nodding off like crazy. I asked him what he took. He told me he took some pills. Like, I don't know, man. Like, that shit just be crazy to see, you know, and you just see how that shit goes. Like, I live in the city, too, 
been I see, you know, crackheads and things of that nature all the time. People strung out. I've seen somebody stuck, bent over in one spot. Like, you know, I've seen a dude shit ODing in my alley behind my house, you know, where my garage is. I've seen a lot of stuff in the city. I've seen pulled up, been driving to the house and seen a car with the door, like the uh the rear door open, and you just see somebody laid out in the back of it with the with the back doors open. You know what I'm saying? Like, just crazy shit. Of course, I called the police in each instance of seeing old boy OD, seeing whoever was in that damn car. You know, I've seen a lot of that shit. The drug shit be crazy, man. It's just crazy. And it's... I just don't understand the notion of, like, if we know what it's doing to people, you know, like, as far as, like, the heroines and the PCP and the fentanyl and what the outcome of that crack cocaine... Like... What would make you want to try it in this day and age of 2019 if you know what the outcome is? You know? Like, I worked with functional drug addicts before who did crack and did cocaine and stuff like that. And it's like, they basically just tell me it's one of them crazy drugs. And they just make sure they stay on top of their shit so they can afford the drug. You know? You'll you'll see people at work or in out and whatever wouldn't know they was a functional crackhead at all. Even with alcoholism, you can't. You, you, I mean, you can kind of tell a drinker at times. You know, you might catch them. You know, off they uh, they pivot every once in a while. You know, but let me get back on track because shit, I didn't got off track. What's on my list? Um, it was a video of Shaka Khan going off on Kanye West. Uh, about the through the wire song and she went on to say like he had contacted her about the song she said yeah or something she had i guess he had a, 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 a some kind of other idea for it when he originally reached out to use it and then he had his accident and then you know i guess he switched the song up and he kind of correlated it to through the wire you know how she's talking about it to uh basically he changed it to talking about the wiring of his mouth you know, like he's doing things through the wire of his mouth, you know, because his, his mouth was wired shut after his car accident. But then she goes to say, like, she thought it was terrible. And then she still talked about getting paid. I'm like, I'm sure you got paid a lot off that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, you know, or if you didn't get paid, whoever owned the rights to that song got paid a lot. You know, I thought it was a dope song. I mean, I wonder what the original version she thought was going to be, you know, of that song. Um, cause she said she thought that idea was terrible, <laughs> you know, but, uh, I remember that was one of the first records I got when I started DJing, um, uh, and it had that song on there and it had a song called two words on the back of the vinyl that was on the B side. And if my memory serves me correctly, I think it came out in like 2003, 2002, 2003, because I remember I was still like, I was DJing. And uh, I remember getting that vinyl, and I remember being in my room, and I put it on, and I put that beat on, and I was like, man, this is funky as fuck. Now, mind you, I'm coming from St. Louis to where, at the time, I think the hottest thing going was, like, Lil John and the Eastside Boys, Crime Mob, um, I don't know, just to name a few, like, because back then, that was that crunk era. That was when everything that people wanted to hear was that crunk music. It was all Lil John. You know, uh, past Detroit, three six mafia, and in the middle of that, you had the entrance of like trap music. So you had like 
T.I. coming out with Rubber Band Man, Wild as a Taliban, Nine in my right, 45 in my other hand. You know, you had uh, T.I., uh, not T.I., you had Jeezy coming out with Thug Motivation, or, um, you know, uh, a lot of trap music was starting to come out around that time. And speaking of the crunk and uh, trap music, man, if you ever wanted to know what happened between Lil Jon and the Eastside Boys or why they never stopped working together again after, like, that last um, album, Crunk Juice, and they just disappeared, and Lil Jon was on, and then the Eastside Boys was like, nowhere to be found. YouTube uh, uh, interview by, uh, with the dude named Lil Bo. Lil Bo from the Eastside Boys, and he explains what happens between Lil Jon and the Eastside Boys. And basically it was like, I mean, dude messed him up for some money. You know, Lil Jon wanted to get the whole check instead of a piece of it. Now, the, the catalyst of it, was he he said they had just got off tour, made a bunch of money, came back to Atlanta, and uh, they was about to go back on tour, and uh, it was a secret meeting that got called. So he was, like, visiting his family or visiting his dad in the hospital or something, and it was a secret meeting, and he like, well, I'm with my family, blah, 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 just let me know what's going on later, and the manager or whoever he was talking to was like, Nah, you gotta come, blah, blah, blah. So he get over there, and he thinking they gonna talk about the tour or something like that, right? Where they were supposed to get $400,000 a piece for the tour. Alright? $400,000 a piece. It's three of them in the group. You do the math for how much that was. For all three of them. They were supposed to get $400,000 a piece. And Lil John said, yeah, I'm gonna break up the group, and blah, 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 this, that, and third. And Bo was like, well, hey, what are you talking about? We, we about to go on tour. You know, at least let us go on tour and make this last four hundred thousand a piece, and da da da. And Lil John was like, "Nah, I give y'all fifty thousand a piece." It's like a parting thing. I was like, "Whoa!" And Bo goes to explain, like, "Hey, you be thinking people your brothers and this, that, and the third, but when that money get involved, you know, it's a crazy thing." So y'all check out the interview. Y'all take what y'all want to take from it. If you was um, into the crunk era and you want to know what the hell happened to Lil John Eastside Boys. I mean, they had top hits, man. I'm talking about I Don't Give a Fuck, Get Low, uh, Salt Shaker with the Yin Yang Twins. Uh, I mean, you name it, man. Back then, early 2000s, you fucking looked that shit up. So while you're, you're getting your barbecue going and you're with your fam or whatever, and you got your music juking, the subs going in the crib on the uh, surround sound or whatever you got, make sure you throw in some Lil John and the Eastside Boys. You know what I'm saying? On your playlist, you know, and definitely turn that motherfucker up. One of my favorite songs of Lil John Eastside Boys of all time is that Knocking Heads Off with Jadakiss and Styles. Cold ass song. That beat was crazy. I remember the first time I heard that song, I was at this club called The Limelight here in St. Louis, and I probably was like 16 years old or something. 17 years old, and I remember hearing that beat, man, and that shit turned me the fuck up. And I remember being like, this song hard as fuck, bro. Or, like, they had a song with a dude named Bo Hagen. Man, all his verses was was hard on any one of the songs, man. From that, uh, what's that shit that you throwing up? Man, that shit was hard as fuck, too, bro. I think that song was called Get Crunk. And now that I think about it, the crunk era was the catalyst of why niggas was getting their ass beat in clubs. <laughs> like, dude, we used to go to the teen club. First of all, we used to be in skating rinks 
from eight to twelve on a Friday or a Saturday or going to a lock in at fifteen, fourteen, you know, fifteen years old or whatever, maybe thirteen, you know, was I twelve? Shit, I don't remember. I just remember going for a long time when I was young as hell. And my mama ain't know what the fuck was going on in there. Man, I walk in there, I mean the first time I ever went, I went with uh, a family uh friends uh like son or whatever and we went up in there man and i ne- look i'm i'm not gonna bullshit y'all i remember what i had on i remember i had on some like tan shorts my nigga with like a flannel like a, a not a flannel but you know like a, a cotton flannel button up with the designs in it and i had that bitch open right and i had a tank top under the under that motherfucker right and i had a bulldog chain bro it was silver i don't know if it was real silver or not I don't know what the fuck happened to my bulldog chain. I'll fuck y'all ass up if I had that on. Man, my bulldog chain, bruh. And I was in there, and I had some, like, Nike boots on, G. Laced up. Now, why the fuck I was wearing Nike boots in the summer? We ain't gonna worry about that. But I went in there, and I remember winning. That was the first time I got twerked on, bruh. I might have been, like, 13 years old or something. And I'm getting twerked on. Maybe 12 years old. I don't know. Straight getting twerked on in there, bruh. I remember seeing women in there. And I was like, whoa, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, this is what I want to be around, the women. But it went from when I first started going, and they used to play, like, a lot of twerk music and whatever. It went from that being mixed into when that crunk era started to come in within the early 2000s. And that crunk music, it used to promote that, you know, fighting and shit. So, of course, St. Louis being St. Louis, there was a lot of gangs, a lot of cliques going on. So... It was nothing for you to come in the club, you know, chicks twerking, whatever, when they playing, like, all oh, that old school cash money. Hey, add that to your playlist, too. I'm talking about that original Hot Boys. I'm talking about that BG, uh, the Big Timers, um, Juvenile. You know, add that original Hot Boys to your mix, too. All the old school cash money, man, hard. It, the club will go from some of that shit to twerking for the women to some fucking... Uh, a fucking, uh, I don't know, uh, T.I. and Jeezy, uh, throw your hood up, bang, motherfucker, bang, you know, shit like that, you know what I'm saying, so, that shit started to get, like, escorted in into the fight music around that time, probably when I hit, like, 15, and I started, I was still going for all them years, and so, shit, it was nothing to go in that motherfucker and see niggas getting their ass beat, crowds of people fighting to the point where, the security measures just had to get bigger and bigger because there were so many kids coming to the skating rink to the point where they built a club in the back of the skating rink in this little area, but they had to, you know, sometimes let everybody come on the big-ass skating rink that probably held, I don't know, maybe 3,000, 4,000 people on the skating rink. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, a lot going on at once. A lot of people, you start going from seeing, like, a few little security guards to seeing like some cops and security guards to just seeing some parties where it was all cops with dogs and shit. I've been in the club. This is when I was DJing. This is the craziest shit I've seen. I was at this place called the Midwest Rec Center. I was DJing this big ass party. Huge party. They got the banging in that motherfucker. Security got on stage with me with this big ass canister, right? That had a little spray thing, right? This nigga got on stage and he got on stage and sprayed the whole crowd where they was fighting at with this mace. And that shit fucked me up. But, yeah, I can I can go on days and days and days on end, you know, with that situation. But I'm going to go ahead and end it right there, man. Kick off your 4th of July well. 
uh, fun. Y'all be safe. Um, man, to enjoy your time with your friends and family if you off. If you uh, if you not off, hey, go and make that money. Make that holiday pay. You hear me? Yeah. But we gonna do it like this. Yeah. Brand new Jeezy. Yeah. One time. You heard it here first. Flop respect the podcast. Like they come.